Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis by mailing in a donation to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 159-13-15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. And you can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. And I want to go ahead and thank our latest Patreon supporters. Thank you so much to Valerie and Chuck, both coming on at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. And also thank you to Mac for coming uh, on board to support the program at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Again, thank you so much for your support. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers. The original air date is uh, November 25th, 1951, and the title is The Blow-Off. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. From Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. From the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, the blow-off. It is approximately 11 p.m. June 16, 1947. Aaron Courtright is watering the gravel apron of his mobile gas station at the intersection of a farm road and Highway 75, a few miles south of Glenwood, Texas. A car drives up to the pump. Um... Yeah, howdy, folks. Howdy. Fill her up. You betcha. Hey, you got a telephone here? Yep. Over in the office there. Better try that call again, Bell. Okay. Yeah, just take me a second. Coil up this hose and I'll be right with you. Yeah. Pretty night, ain't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure is. Yeah, there we are. Uh, fill her up, you see? Yeah, with special. Oh, sorry, mister. Truck busted the handle off the hand pump on the special. Uh, regular be all right? I got no choice, have I? My car's about empty. <laughs> Taking kind of a chance, weren't you? Why, what do you mean? Yeah, it's about to close up. Next station is better than 30 miles away ahead. Well, we made it. That's what counts. Look, can't you hurry it up? Oh, sure, sure, man. Hey, 
What's she doing in there? Hey, hey, you get away from that cash drawer. Never mind her. Just hope this gun don't blow your head off. Now, shove that nozzle into the tank. You ain't getting my money. You old fool. Hey, look out. He'll kill you with a hose nozzle. You'll blame right, I will. That ain't me that's getting killed. Get to the car, quick. You dummy. Me? I got the dough, didn't I? What'd you go for it so soon for? I didn't get a chance to get any gas in the tank. You had plenty of time to get gas. How'd I know you were going to stand there gabbing instead? Now what do we do? Try to make it through the next station. What a spot, Duke Bishop, the smart operator. Ah, shut up. Will you? That don't help. I'll think of something. Well, that's the end of the gas. How far we come? Ten, eleven miles. Let's flag us a ride and get out of here. And leave the car? Wouldn't that be smart? Like leaving our calling cards pinned to that stiff back there. This buggy's ours, don't forget. Well, can't we take the license plates off and ditch them or something? Oh, why does a woman have to be so dumb? There's a motor number. You can't get rid of that. Come on, pile out. Wait a minute. I got an idea. What? Know how we'll get some gas? How? Dig us an oil well? No, no. We're going to play it smart. We're going to catch a ride back to that filling station and discover a murder. Sure appreciate the ride. Duke. Yeah? Light's still on, no cars around. Don't look like anybody's been here. Well, you can't tell. It's been over a half hour. Hey, we're in luck. It's working out just right. Nobody has been here. He's lying just like we left him. There's some gas cans, Duke. Let's pump one full and get out of here. We can't do that. Why not? Because the guy that picked us up and dumped us out across the highway would remember us, sure. But you said we were coming back to get gas. I said we're coming back to discover a murder. We're going to act like law-abiding citizens. Now, get in there. Telephone for the law. You're deliberately trying to get us burned. I'm trying to keep us out of the chair. Now, get in there on that phone quick. Here comes a couple of cars. Go on. What are you doing here, mister? Well, there's a dead man here. I I think he's been shot. My wife's inside calling the police. We've already been notified. I'm Sheriff Pruitt of Glenwood. The man in that car behind me just came into town to report it. Oh, well, this is terrible, Sheriff. Uh, hold up, do you suppose? Probably. Ask your wife to step out here. Oh, sure, sure, of course. Oh, Belle, we got the telephone. The sheriff's here. What? I say the sheriff's here. Somebody else report this? Yeah, uh, this is Mrs. Bishop, Sheriff. Howdy, Howdy ma'am. Sheriff. How long you two been here? Well, just a few minutes. Uh, got here just before you did. Yeah, where's your car? Ten, eleven miles down the line. Ran out of gas down there. You get a lift up here? Yeah. Charlie. Yeah? Charlie, is everything here just like it was when you drove in and discovered the body? Well, seems like, Sheriff, near as I can tell. Any sign of these folks around when you stopped? Nobody was around except poor Jim... Laying on his face and all that blood. Ever see these folks before? No. Can't say I ever did. Okay. Did you touch anything here, Mr. Bishop? That uh, gas hose hanging unhooked there at the pump? The body? Of course not, Sheriff. We just discovered the body and tried to notify authorities. How about you, Miss Bishop? Oh, no. Well, just the telephone. All right. You can go back inside now if it'd be more comfortable, ma'am. Thank you, Sheriff. Afraid I am a little shaky. Uh... Look, Sheriff, this has been quite a shock to her. Couldn't we get some gas and ride back to our car so we can be on our way? 
I'm afraid not. I'm going to phone for the Rangers. You'll have to stay till they get here. In response to Sheriff Pruitt's call, Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to the case. Within two hours, he had carefully gone over the available information and evidence. All right, Mr. Bishop. I guess that'll be all the questions for now. But before you and your wife leave, I'd like to have your full name and address in case we want to contact you later. Oh, glad to, Ranger. Here it is on my driver's license. John Bishop, 980 West Pamela Street, Corsicana. That's a shady rest. We we have an apartment. You're headed away from Corsicana now. When will you be back? Well, I've got an appointment in Houston tomorrow about a job, but we'll be back home, oh, day after tomorrow. Anything we can do, Ranger, just let us know. Thanks. You've both been very helpful. Sheriff had his deputy over there get you a tin of gas. He'll run you down to your car. Oh, it's mighty nice of you, Sheriff. Glad to help out. Bye, Miss Bishop. Bye. Bye, Ranger. Thanks again. Good night. Right, decent folks, Jay. They sure seem to be. But the nasty case. Nothing to go on. Not much, apparently. But maybe we can turn something up. Got any ideas, Jase? Uh-huh. First off, I'm going to Radio Austin for the lab crew. Have them scour this place from top to bottom. The lab crew went over Jim Courtright's station with a fine-tooth comb. While I waited for the lab report, I spent most of the next day searching the area for someone who might have seen a car or a suspicious action near the station the night before. I drew a complete blank and went back to the sheriff's office. Hi, Sheriff. Oh, hello, Jace. Thought you were never coming back. Find anything? Nope. Nobody seems to have been traveling Highway 75 last night. Lab boys didn't hit any jackpot either. Here's their report. Just came in. Hmm. Lab figures like we did that there was quite a scuffle before the shots were fired, but it don't mean much. No. But something in this fingerprint report might. You mean those matching prints found on the telephone receiver in the cash drawer? Uh-huh. Austin didn't have any record on whoever made them, so what good does that do? The report says they were fresh. These prints don't match the ones taken from the body, so they aren't court rights. Hey, wait a minute, Sheriff. Hmm? When you arrived at Courtright Station, Mrs. Bishop was at the telephone, wasn't she? Yeah, she was trying to call me. Well, then she was the last person to use the phone before those prints were pulled. Well, you suppose that's her print on the phone? If it is, I'd sure like to know what its duplicate was doing on Courtright's cash drawer. Yeah. And Bishop said himself he was on his way down to Houston to see about a job. If he was unemployed and broke, it'd sure be a motive. I think we'd better run up to Corsicana tomorrow and sort of welcome Mr. and Mrs. Bishop when they get back from Houston. Late the next afternoon, Sheriff Pruitt and I rolled down a quiet Corsicana street to the address John Bishop had given us. Shady Rest turned out to be a shabby rooming house set next to a wide, weed-grown lot. I'll buy you a new Winchester if this deal pans out, Jason. Mm, let's hope it costs you, Sheriff. You better knock again. Yes? Good afternoon, ma'am. This is Sheriff Pruitt of Glenwood, and I'm Ranger Pearson. Howdy. I'm Ethel Hastings. Miss Ethel Hastings. I'm the owner here. How do you do, Miss Hastings? I wonder if you could give us a little information. Well, maybe. What you want to know? We understand Mr. and Mrs. John Bishop are due back from Houston this afternoon. We were wondering if they've arrived yet. You mean Duke and Bale Bishop? Huh. They have not arrived, and they're not a-gone to. Uh, 
What makes you so sure? Because I evicted them, that's what. Evicted them? When? Day four yesterday morning. Well, that's the morning of the same day the Courtright thing took place, Chase. Yeah. Oh, why were they evicted, ma'am? Well, I'm patient and I'm long-suffering. But I'm a woman alone in this world and I have to look out for my own interests. That pair's been living off me half the winter and all spring and there just had to be an end to it. Non-payment of rent, eh? Would you say they were broke? Well, if they wasn't, they sure had it hid good. Any idea where they were going? To perdition. I'll guarantee that the way the two of them lolled around all the time, drinking and turning down offers for honest work. Well, what I meant was, did they leave a forwarding address? No, but they'll be sending me one soon as they locate. You can count on that. Well, you seem pretty sure, ma'am. I am. They only had one thing of any value. Beat up old trunk that they tried to sneak out to their car. The way they hollered when I locked it up for the back rent, it must be worth something. I told them they could send for it when they had my money. You mind if we look at this trunk? Well, now I don't want to do nothing wrong. But with the law with me, I guess it'd be all right, wouldn't it? I think so, Miss Hastings. Well, then come right this way with me. What uh, model rifle you want, Chase? Looks like I might be buying you one. Just be dying to look at this trunk myself. What in the world those two could have that was that valuable? Now, it's right in the storeroom here. That's it. Right there. Open her up, Sheriff. Let's see what's inside. Hmm. There's nothing in the trunk except something wrapped in that old shirt. Let's see what it is. Can you beat that? Cover it up, quick. Get it out of here. Get it out of here. Now, calm yourself, ma'am. It isn't what it looks like. It looks like a jug of alcohol to me with a baby in it. A baby with two heads. Oh, my heart. My heart. Where's my medicine? I've got to have my medicine. Now, easy, ma'am. You're all right. That's a sideshow gadget. Just a rubber doll made to look like the real thing. You mean it's a fake, Chase? Sure. I've seen them in theatrical supply house catalogs. All sorts and sizes. Mummies, too. Fake! Well, I might have known it. Anything that pair had to be no good. I... I suppose it don't have much value, does it, Ranger? Do you? I'm afraid not. Not unless you want to join a sideshow. Sideshow? Ranger, I'll have you to know I'm a respectable woman. And you've been a very helpful one, too, Miss Hastings. Thanks. Come on, Sheriff. That bottle is the blamedest thing I ever saw, Jase. What do you suppose the bishops had it for? I bet they wish they had it now. You in the mood for a few days of traveling? Anything that'll bring us up with the bishops. Good thing we know where to start looking for them. Do we? Living in a cheap rooming house, running out of money towards spring, refusing jobs, that faked-up exhibit they tried to sneak out with them. Sheriff, you and I are going hunting for carnivals. just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. It is absolutely imperative that our armed forces have an adequate reserve of blood plasma at all times. The only answer to this crisis is you, the American people, who have never failed in such an emergency. The Department of Defense urges every one of us to contribute blood plasma. 
blood cannot be manufactured or cultivated. It must be given by human beings to save a life. Make an appointment right away to donate a pint of your blood. Then, know in your heart that you have saved a life. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and tonight's case, The Blow-Off, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. Working from published carnival routes, Sheriff Pruitt and I tracked down one show after another without finding any trace of Duke Bishop and his wife. No showman's organization had ever heard of them. We were beginning to lose hope by the time we arrived at Rocky Pass, where a carnival company was working the annual Rocky County Fair. Golly, Jace, did you ever see such a jam? Carnivals are fun, Sheriff. That's what they're for. Well, personally, I'm about fed up with them. And it looks like we're going to draw a blank here, too. No sign of a two-headed baby. Well, we haven't checked that sideshow over there yet. Another one? Do we have to? <laughs> they're getting kind of old to me now, too. This looks like a pit layout. Is that good? Well, it'll be the likeliest place for our pair to be working one of those fake baby exhibits. If that's what they went back to. What do you mean, a pit layout, Jake? Pit shows, they call them. A lot of acts and exhibits under one top. One admission for the bunch. They use pits instead of platforms to separate the performers from the audience. <laughs> what a business. Come on, let's see if this show's got anything to interest us. Hey, mister. Mister. You mean me, Ranger? Mind stepping down here a moment? I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. Instantly, Ranger, forthwith without delay. All right, step right up to the window, folks. The little lady would be happy to take your money. It's only two bits, 25 cents, the quarter part of a dollar. Yeah. Now, what can I do for you gentlemen of the law? The sheriff and I are looking for a husband and wife team. We have reason to believe we're working a show like this. Ranger, it's one of the puzzles of my long and checkered career. Why millions of the law insist upon hounding us hard-working connies? Uh, this is the first case I've ever had to investigate in the show business, mister. I hope it's the last. A commendable sentiment, Sheriff. Very commendable. The people we're looking for probably operate some kind of an exhibit with what they claim is a two-headed baby in a jar of alcohol. Ah, uh, hopscotches. Huh? What's that? Hopscotches. Uh, not regular dyed-in-the-wool carnies. Grifters that uh, keep switching from one show to another. They'd be the kind be using that ancient sucker bait. Anything like that with this show? A fake you can order out of a supply house by the dozen with this show? Absolutely not, Ranger. Uh, how about in this tent? You've got a lot of freaks? Natural phenomena, Sheriff. Wonders of nature. All right, all right. Have you got a two-headed baby in there? Eh, not even a one-headed one. But there are some husband and wife teams. Now, just step over here with me. You'll look them over for yourself. Go ahead, Sheriff. Follow him. Might as well be sure. Yeah, I uh, Right over here, Ranger. Excuse me, folks. Excuse me. Now, Sheriff, we have here Zara, the world's heaviest human body. She requires the calorie intake of 10 normal adults. I'm afraid she's not the one we're looking for. Well, all right. Right over here next is her husband, the sword swallow. Oh, we're not interested in him either. Well, now, don't rush yourself, Sheriff. Don't rush. Be sure. Look, but the bishops weren't performers. They operated an exhibit. Who did you say? Duke and Bell Bishop. Now, you know him? Uh, why, no, no. The name mean anything to you? Mm, no, nothing, nothing at all. Uh, now, this gentleman over here is Serpentina, the rubber woman. Hey, wait a minute. What's that over there? Uh, where? Through that doorway, under the banner that says, See and Believe. Oh, that. Uh, that's the blower. Now, if you'll just Now, step don't this be in such a hurry, mister. 
What's a blow-off? It's, uh, well, it's an added attraction for which there's an extra admission charge. Kind of a come-on, eh? I suppose you could put it that way, Sheriff. Just what is this added attraction? Kind of a shocker. A woman without a head. Alive? Uh, merely a cheap illusion, gentlemen. Well, we'll take a look just the same. Come on, Sheriff. Now, oh, ladies and gentlemen, this unfortunate woman sitting before you on this chair. There he is, Sheriff. There's Bishop. Well, I'll be darned. Jeez, that Barker said this no-head business was an illusion. Look at them pipes and wires and stuff beating into her neck. And she's moving. That must be Bishop's wife. Uh-huh. Don't think he's seen us yet. Come on. This little lady would die in just about 60 seconds. Hey, Bill, duck quick, the ranger. Keep clear, folks. Hold it, Bill. They're ducking out under the tent, Chase. The canvas is loose here. Out this way, Sheriff. Don't see him, Chase. There they go, Sheriff. Into the crowd, out in the midway. Come on. Hold it, Bishop. Too many people here to risk gunplay. You've got to be careful. Yeah. Watch it. He's going to fire, Chase. They're heading for the parking lot. Yeah, I see them. We lost him, Chase. Yeah, they could hide in here all night with so many cars jammed together. Our ears are better than our eyes in a spot like this. Hear anything? Not yet. Hey, what's that? There goes a car, but it ain't the one they had. They probably stole this one, but it's them, all right. They're heading right for the fairground fence. Yeah, and they're going to go through it. Over to our car, quick. By the time we drive through the auto gate, they'll be long gone. We aren't driving through the auto gate either. Think you can hit that hole they made in the fence, Jace? Watch me try. Brace yourself. Oh, just like threading a needle. Keep your eyes open for him while I get on the radio. Unit 10 to KTXA. Unit 10 to KTXA. KTXA to Unit 10. Go ahead, Unit 10. Unit 10 is pursuing a green new model four-door Nash sedan southbound on Highway 285, two miles south of Rocky Pass. Car is presumed stolen. The occupants are wanted for murder. Unit 10 requests roadblocks on all possible avenues of escape from this area. Will do, Unit 10. KTXA Austin. Although we drove at top speed, the pursuit ended at a ranger roadblock 50 miles south of Rocky Pass. Units at the roadblock had not seen the described car, so we knew Duke and Bell Bishop had turned off on some tributary road before they reached the barricade. We turned back on Highway 285 to search for them. There's a farm road I was talking about up ahead, Jace. They could have taken it. Yeah, pretty sparsely settled country out west of here. Let's take a look, Sheriff. Sit tight, Jace. I'll check it. See anything, Sheriff? Well, this looks like it, Jace. Fresh tire tracks. Somebody made an awful fast turn off the highway. Direction of travel is right, too. Maybe our luck's changing, Sheriff. Let's find out. The road's sure getting rough. Yeah, it's beginning to get dark. We don't get lined that fair pretty soon, Jace. They may dodge us altogether. I don't think so, Sheriff. They've been giving us a bad time, and they may give us a worse one, but the department's got this whole area isolated. Before we're through, we may wish we had your trailer and our horses. Yeah, I was thinking of that, too. KTXA to Unit 10. That's us, isn't it? KTXA to Unit 10. Yeah, 
Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead. Highway Patrol Unit 402 reports contact with subject's car 11 miles west of Highway 285. Second dirt road to left, off of Farm Road 971. Subjects maintaining excessive speed on nearly impassable road. Unit 402 requests backing. We passed the second dirt road to the left yet, Sheriff? No. Oh, wait. Wait. Looks like one at the bottom of this hill. Yeah. 10-4, Unit 10, approaching turnoff to Farm Road 971 now. Relay to Unit 402. We're coming behind him. Unit 10, clear. 10-4, KDXA Austin. Hang on, Sheriff. Looks like a bad turn. Well, the dust has settled, but you can still smell it in the air. Yeah. The highway patrol car got to be just up ahead. Yeah, and he's right behind Bishop and his wife. How's your shooting eye? Pretty tolerable, Jerry. But I could do with a little practice. You're apt to get it. Now reach my rifle out of the back seat. All right. Get a shot, Sheriff. Try for the tires. If they don't stop then, try for the best target you can get. Okay, Jace. Have to smell the dust in the air now. You can see it. Jace, look out. The road is dead ending. Tracks keep right on at the brush. So are we. What are you stopping for? You see something? Look. In that little gully. The highway patrol car. I'm inside. Watch yourself, Sheriff. Keep that rifle ready. No sign of the other car. Its tracks keep right on through the brush. Here. Give me a hand with this top door. Gotta get the patrolman out of there. Let me get his feet. Easy now, Sheriff. Lift him out flat. Like he was on a stretcher. Now... Down on this patch of grass. Is he bad off, Jace? Yeah. Some abrasions and probably a mild concussion. He got a nasty lump on the side of his head. Glad it isn't any worse. What do we do, Jace? I'm going to radio for an ambulance to pick him up. Then we'll have to stay here and wait for it. Yeah, it's too dark to do much tracking in this brush anyway. We'll night it here. By morning, we're going to have us those horses you were wishing we'd brought along. <laughs> Highway patrolman was not seriously injured. During the night, our horses were towed into us. By sunrise, the sheriff and I were in the saddle, working toward other mounted rangers, closing in on Duke and Bell Bishop from the opposite side. We found their car, and much later in the day, followed their tracks to a small, dilapidated ranch house. Whoa, whoa, Sharky. Whoa, boy. Uh, somebody's home there. Smoke's in the chimney. Yeah. But listen, Sheriff. You mean that old cow talking? Yeah. What's it sound like she's saying? She sounds like somebody forgot to milk her this morning. Yeah, would a rancher forget something like that? What are you driving at, Jake? Suppose somebody put the rancher out of commission so he couldn't take care of the cow. And a minute ago, I was ready to ride right up to that front door. Yeah, I'll leave the horses here. We'll work the rest of the way on foot. It's going to be ticklish business. They're in there. They probably got their hands on every gun in the house. I got a hunch they may try to bluff it out till we actually bust in on them. You take the front door. I'll cut around to the back. Whichever way they break, then, we'll have them. We better have a signal so I know when to rush the front, Jase. Make your rush if you hear a shot or if I holler. Whichever's first. Right. Good luck. Same to you, Sheriff. We'll both need it. Approaching that house without cover or real knowledge of what lay behind the doors is the kind of work officers do only because it's part of their jobs. 
Death is close, and they know it. I told you to stay by those back windows. Maybe there's rangers all around. You gotta get out of here. Yeah, maybe we better. We're not together. You take the back way. Both of you stay right where you are. Look out, Sheriff! Come on, out in front with you. No. There. What a gag you like that couple lying there in the corner. Now, out on the front porch. Hit bad, Sheriff. Nick in the arm. Here, you. Get your arms around this porch post. Those cuffs will keep you out of mischief. Bishop, hold up behind that warning trough. Yeah, I'll flush him out. Bishop, I'm giving you a chance. Come out from behind there with your hands up. You hear me? Come and get me, Ranger. Okay. I will. Ah! Did he give up, Chase? I'm afraid he did, Sheriff. Permanently. Duly tried in the county courts at Glenwood, Texas, Bell Bishop was found guilty as an accessory in the murder of Jim Courtright. Her sentence, 50 years in the women's prison at Gory. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Cattle Drive. The cast included Tony Barrett, Eddie Marr, Gerald Moore, Betty Lou Gerson, Ed Begley, and Jeanette Nolan. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Tom Blackburn, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. This is Hal Gibney speaking. It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. Today, it's the big show with guest stars including Mary McCarty, Dane Clark, Martha Scott, Phil Foster, and your charming hostess, Tallulah Bankhead. Then join in the fun on the sparkling Phil Harris, Alice Faye show. Later, Theater Guild on the Air brings you the Broadway musical Allegro starring Jane Powell, John Lund, and Kenny Delmar. Keep tuned to the NBC Radio Network. Now entering its second quarter century as the leader in radio entertainment. Next, it's the big show. All this and Tallulah 2 on NBC. Welcome back. Well, I actually thought the title, The Blow-Off, was based on them, you know, skipping town without paying the rent or giving the police false information about their location. But then we find out it was the name of the 
sort of scam attraction they were running. From what I understand out here in the West, where I've lived most of my life, I've never uh, seen or heard any notice of these sort of attractions. And I think there's a sense in which they're disappearing. They might be more prominent or there might be more survivors in other parts of the country, but uh, they're definitely less common than they once were. And so many of the Golden Age radio and television programs portray something that is disappearing. And particularly those that show some dedication to accuracy really help to document it. Because the only ones I've ever seen out here have been rides and games, the whole feats of strength and sideshow aspect not something I've ever seen in real life, you know, and I think that there's a debate as to whether that's a good thing, but for historic purposes, it is really good to have this uh, sort of record that we get in this episode. Also, I love the landlady and that answer to the question of where they were going and her answer of, to perdition, I mean, I just cracked up. Uh, we've heard that question asked of landladies hundreds of times on this program. Maybe thousands. And that was the perfect answer. I don't think we're going to hear a better uh, answer by a landlady. And now we turn to listener comments and feedback. And we have a YouTube comment on my podcast awards uh, video. And a viewer comments, you're not what I thought you'd look like. I had imagined a Midwestern librarian type wearing tweed and glasses. It's interesting because uh, different people have different uh, imaginings of what I look like. On those few occasions that I've met a listener, I've been told, yeah, you're not what I imagined you'd look like. And that's okay. Even though I'm not a fictional character, people have their own, you know, mental images. And I get that because I... I've listened to programs. When I was big into listening to talk radio, I never was really tempted by the sort of premium sites where you would get to watch a video of the host uh, hosting the program. Never been an interest because it shattered my illusions. Now, I do need glasses to drive, and I'm probably going to have to start wearing them even more as I get older. And I will also say that even though I don't own a tweed jacket, I do love a good blazer or sports jacket. And I wear one uh, to the office when I'm going into the office. It's weird for me to dress up around the house. I feel like Oliver Wendell Douglas from uh, Green Acres, who famously went a about his uh, farm work in a three-piece suit. I think the funniest part of that was that nobody even addressed that for two years. But since I don't want to feel like that, I generally go a bit more casual around the house. But I wore a t-shirt in that particular video because I was wearing a Great Detectives of Old Time Radio t-shirt, the Joe Friday Never Said Just the Facts Ma'am t-shirt. With the idea that if you're a podcaster who has merchandise you and you're making a video, it's probably a good idea to wear the merchandise. And I think there's something to be said for that. 
However, if you're doing that, it's also a good idea to have the t-shirt uh, displayed so people can see what's on it. Because from the angle I shot it, it just looks like a random green t-shirt. Now, I did dress up a little bit with a tie, dress shirt, and a fedora to record speeches for the podcast awards with the results being announced on september 30th international podcast day at podcastawards.com if i win in either of the two categories uh, we've been nominated in you can see my speech over there if I don't win in either, I've recorded another video which will go up on our YouTube channel and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. So be warned. There will be a video. And you may or may not want to skip it. Uh, thanks so much for the comment. If you are curious about how to celebrate uh, International Podcast Day, there's a couple of possibilities. One is that, borrowing from another holiday tradition, you leave out a plate of potato chips and a can of Coke Zero for your favorite podcaster. However, a more practical way to celebrate is to share your favorite podcast online using the fact that it's International Podcast Day as an opening. Plus, it'll save you on potato chips. All right, enough with the silliness. Let's go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Asa, Patreon supporter since March of 2020, currently supporting us at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Andrew. And that will do it for today. If you're not subscribed to our podcast, you can do so using your favorite podcast app, including TuneIn, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or the Amazon Music Store at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. Also, if you are enjoying this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back next Saturday with another episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tomorrow, uh, over at videotheater.greatdetectives.net, tune in for U.S. Marshall, and you can subscribe to our video podcast there. But listen in on Monday for The Adventures of Sam Spade, where... He uh, looked like a mad scientist, and that's exactly what he was. His eyes had a wild gleam in them, his hair was a wild tangle, and he was wearing a wild assortment of clothing that looked as if they'd been slept in in shifts. He leaned across the desk at me and said, They have stolen my secret formula. They have? Gee, that's too bad. Oh, you think I'm crazy? I don't know yet, I just met you. My name is Raymond Fox. Did that mean anything to you? Raymond Fox, uh, yeah, I think it does, but I don't quite remember what. I invented the helioscope. Helioscope. No, that wasn't it. I also synthesized hydroxylamyl photocraniton. That was it. Yes, but unfortunately, production costs were prohibitive. Uh-huh, but you didn't let that discourage you. Oh, no, 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 indeed. You see, after a brief illness, I was back in my laboratory perfecting my greatest contribution to science, what may prove to be the greatest contribution of science to humanity. I call it Penetron. Penetron. That is what they have stolen, the secret formula for Penetron. Penetron. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. 
Instagram.com slash Great Detectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.